guys and welcome back to the Apex Delta Coaching Podcast. My name is Kieran Moore, I'm the head coach and owner of Apex Delta Coaching. On this show, my aim is to help educate, inform and drive you to get stronger, fitter and more resilient as an athlete and human. I'll discuss different topics in strength, fitness, mindset and more, as well as talking with guests on their area of expertise. Today, I wanted to start a new mini-series of shorter episodes that will focus on a single element or topic question that I'll discuss for 10 to 20 minutes. These episodes will help to paint a broader picture and understanding of some of the fundamentals of strength and conditioning, sports science and application to different sports and disciplines. In this episode, I'll be looking at programming, more specifically long-term or yearly programming with a whole macro-cycle focus. I will talk about this topic generally, but also draw on some sporting examples at the end that help show the concepts in practice. One quick thing before we start, if you're a recreational athlete or fitness enthusiast who wants to get stronger and run longer, then check out the free seven day hybrid training blueprint we've put together by following the link down in the show notes or search for our Instagram. It's an ebook designed to help you put together the ultimate weekly training template to crush your hybrid training goals by getting stronger and running longer at the same time without any of the confusion or second guessing. With that, let's get into today's episode. So this week, uh, a little bit different to what's been happening the last sort of few months. Uh, it's going to be a solo episode again with me. Um, we're going to throw a few of these in occasionally between guests just to talk about different topics. Um, and sort of like almost like a little mini series, as I just talked about briefly in the intro, um, around some kind of single elements or sort of smaller kind of concepts. Um, and building together into a larger picture of like how we program strength and conditioning, how it works, sports science, um, and then practical applications to different sporting contexts from strength sports to running to field sports to kind of some more out there sports as well. So kind of like the, I call it adventure sports or action sports. Um, and we're just going to look, look at a load of different topics. So what we're going to start off with is the idea of um, training Um programming specifically uh and periodization like what that is like um how it works is it necessary how that maybe looks for different types of sports different types of athletes um so today what i wanted to focus on is the kind of a macro cycle focus so macro focus anybody who kind of knows anything about like cameras or photography example macro is just big so it's big picture thinking um when we're thinking about this so in this context it's it's sort of to do like an annual maybe or or a longer term focus so at least a few months if not slightly longer yeah anywhere up to that year and then if you're looking at like a olympic athletes for example you've got that kind of quadrennial cycle so it's every four years so that would be classed as a macro cycle um and then obviously within that you have then different periods of time um that are chunked into different sort of focuses all building towards that bigger four-year plan um or in, an, in a smaller context, you might have a competition in, in 12 months time. And that year is basically your macro cycle that you're working with. So first off, what is periodization? So on a basic level, periodization is just the planning of training um, in order to achieve certain goals. More specifically, it's kind of looking at phases of training and what those different phases of training are um, in order to achieve a long-term term goal. So it's it, 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 on a fundamental level it's just planning of training and then when we look into it a little bit deeper in sort of a more of a strength and conditioning sports science perspective it's the specific planning of blocks of training that are leading up towards an end result so then we look at things like that in terms of like the macro cycle so what we've already talked about briefly in terms of that big thing big picture thinking 
so this is where we have the idea of yeah that longer term process or that longer term progression that we're going through in order to achieve whatever outcome it might be um so for yeah for example for for a rugby athlete this might be the year going through an off-season period into a pre-season into then a season competitive season or competitive cycle and then into some kind of like off-season or transitioning transitionary phase and that's kind of like a yearly um process that will obviously repeat um but that's that would be termed as the macro cycle uh obviously you can see as it when we talked about like with the olympic athletes it might be like longer so it could be four years for example it might be like the the five-year plan where we want to achieve in five years or it could be on a kind of a maybe a shorter scale so it could be like a macro cycle that involves the next six to eight months or potentially like four or five months generally anything sort of shorter than that then isn't necessarily going to be termed as like that macro cycle it's more kind of a, a meso so it's a, it's a smaller chunk basically but we're looking at anywhere from six to probably 12 months if not longer in certain sports and certain applications so generally when we're thinking about um these different like size cycles we have the macro meso and micro so those are the three that we're going to go over in these times shorter episodes but this one's just going to focus on that macro so that big picture thinking um obviously they then get smaller as you go down and we're kind of getting more then into like weekly or monthly training and then the individual sessions themselves within that so now if we move on to so thinking about training phases so typically here we have a few different phases that will tend to come up um, and this depends on sort of what books you've read, maybe what kind of like where you've sort of seen this this written. But generally, it kind of fits into some broad picture categories of accumulation. So a, a kind of a work capacity building phase and then some kind of intensification. So harder, more intense training with less volume, typically. Um, and then that kind of leads into more of like a peaking phase. So for competitive athletes or anybody who potentially has like a competition they're training for specifically, a peaking phase where you're trying to peak yourself to be in optimal condition for that event, it might be might be necessary. Um, but I think this is something that's probably not necessary for anybody who's kind of general population, anybody who's kind of more of a generalist and doesn't have a very specific focus or a sporting focus. Um, and potentially like multi multi kind of event or multi competition athletes who don't have a single competition in a year might not necessarily peak truly for everything. So I think like a rugby season, for example, like you might have anywhere from 20 plus games, potentially, like you're not going to be looking to really ramp up all of your training to peak for everything because you only have a week, maybe two weeks between, between training sessions or between uh, games, like competition competitions. Um, so that peaking might be more reserved for kind of the the late pre-season phase into that kind of start of the season or you might look at it and think like actually this is our most important games within a season so these are the ones we're kind of really going to try and peak for but within that we still want to be maintaining performance throughout um so yeah if we look at accumulation that's kind of like where we're building that work capacity so it's basically ability to handle more volume um and this might be termed something like a hypertrophy block um, if we're thinking kind of strength training, um, so it, we're, we're doing more reps, we're doing longer durations, we're doing probably lower intensity work as well, typically in this phase. And the idea here is just to build up basic work capacity or aerobic capacity or aerobic conditioning or hypertrophy, as I said before, or just any ability to basically add more volume at a similar or maybe reducing intensity. After that phase, we then typically will go into some kind of intensification period. So this is where we're then looking to increase 
intensity within training and that can be across different kind of modalities so if we're looking again like strength work or resistance training it's typically going to be loads so we're going to add more weight on the bar essentially but we also might be looking at things like power output or speed of movement so bar speed for example if we're kind of looking at like velocity based training we might be looking to increase that velocity for maybe the same loads or heavier loads even as we go through a training phase um, and then if we're thinking kind of like more the conditioning side of training or like gameplay, even we might be looking to increase the intensity of that. So we're going faster paces if we're thinking like running or swimming or biking or rowing or whatever that might be. Um, if it's kind of like a single modality sport. Um, yeah, we're looking to basically increase paces, uh, increase intensity, so work harder, essentially. And in this phase, we're probably looking to drop volume across the course of a phase so volume and intensity is something i've talked about before volume and intensity have an inverse relationship typically so when volume is increasing intensity generally decreases and they're the opposite as well so when intensity increases volume tends to decrease and then our final phase is that peaking phase which i talked about before it's kind of generally associated with drops in in volume typically um with relatively similar intensities um and the idea here is that it's kind of in the, the final build up before a competitive period or before a sort of a set event or a set competition day um, in order to drop any kind of like residual fatigue that might have accumulated up through training, which we typically want to have most of the time is we want to have a little bit of fatigue built in throughout a training cycle. But then when we get to this competition, we obviously want to go in fresh and as optimized as possible to perform the best we can in that competition. And that's where this kind of idea of peaking or tapering, it's sometimes called of in the kind of running community, um, comes in when we come into a competitive event, season, period, whatever that might be for the specific sport or, or context or goal. Um, but as I said, this, this typically isn't necessary um, on a regular basis, at least if we are more of a general population, so just sort of training for health. Um, rather than sort of any performance aspects or if we're an athlete that has multiple competitions across the season and potentially even like weekly competitions if we're thinking like field sport athletes they typically won't be peaking um, in a true sense every week they might be kind of trying to optimize training across a week so across like a, a macros or mesocycle sorry or a shorter period of time in order to optimize but when we're thinking macros a big picture we don't tend to have those kind of regular peaking just because it's not feasible and we then don't get any meaningful training and we're not getting enough volume of training in in that kind of interim period to truly get adaptations or maintain where we're at and then the final one is some kind of like transition or what's kind of commonly called like a deload um so this is an interesting concept it's something i've talked about a little bit before and it's something i'll probably do another episode on in the future in terms of like deloading transitioning is it necessary how do we do it um but typically in sports that have a kind of very defined season um we would have like an off season period and that typically involves some length of time either very short or maybe up only up to like a month sorry would typically involve very little to no training um or it wouldn't look anything like what traditional normal training looks like so it's a different phase of time basically where we're dropping loads and in intensity dropping volume and it's a recovery phase if anything else but we could also look at that as a transitionary phase so maybe within like a, a strength sport where we're building up to a single event we might not need that kind of really long deload it might kind of be like we just take a week where we do something a little bit different 
not necessarily even dropping the intensity too much. We just do something different. So adding a different stimulus that allows your body time to recover from your, your training stimulus, essentially, or your kind of competitive sport-based stimulus um, in order that we can then start to build again on whatever cycle we are transitioning into. Typically, that's going to be an accumulation phase after that. So moving on now from that kind of idea of those different training phases that we typically have within a, a, a macro, macro cycle, so a long-term training plan, how do we make that long-term program? Um, so I think thinking about it first is like application and outcome. Like what is the end result? And I think I've talked about this in terms of like starting at the end. So starting with what we actually want to achieve and then working backwards from there. It's very hard to kind of say like, cool, here's what we're going to do on day one, day two, day three. If we don't really know what day uh, 100 looks like, um, it's a much more simple and effective process, I think, to start at that end, start like, cool, here's where we want to get to, and then working backwards from there. When we think about that, then we can then fill the blanks in, can't we? So if we kind of know roughly like, cool, here's where we started, and this might be based off prior results, so like maybe last season's training or last competition or last kind of cycle of training you've gone through, it's like, cool, this, here's the results we got from this, here's what worked, here's what didn't work as well. Here's where we need to get to. So here's the kind of the end goal. So we can then take from A to B essentially and fill in the gaps or fill in the blanks that gets us from, from that A to that B, that B point. Um, in terms of like long-term programming, so macro cycle focus, the level of detail here is probably not like huge. We're not thinking about call cool, like what exercises are we doing? We're not really thinking like reps and sets too much. We're kind of thinking more broad in terms of like phases of training, as we just talked about. So like, cool, for this period of time, we're going to be going through accumulation. And then for this next period of time, we're going to be going through intensification. And then we might be peaking into a competition. We, gen we generally don't look at it from a term of like, cool, on Monday on week five of this program, here's the exercises we're going to be doing. We don't look at it in that level of detail when we're thinking about long-term macro cycle planning. So like annual or sort of six month or even say quadrennial, so four year plans. We're not going to be looking at it in terms of like exercises at that point. Finally, or moving into the next bit, in terms of like, is long-term programming necessary? Is it necessary to periodize out your entire year in terms of what we're doing um, with athletes, what we're doing in terms of programming for the entire year? Is it necessary to have that kind of like outline there? Um, I think yes and no. So there's, there's probably different applications to this. So if we're thinking general population, so maybe health-based clients or health-based trainees, versus performance so typically athletes or anybody who's training for a very sort of clearly defined performance-based outcome i think more so within that performance-based outcome we probably have to have an idea of where we're heading in terms of long-term progression with general population we maybe don't we maybe don't need to have as much of an idea in terms of like what that entire sort of six to 12 month training cycle is going to look like we can kind of be a little bit more reactive based on how that client's doing, how they're feeling. Um, and we can typically just flip flop and back, back and forward between so kind of more of an accumulation phase and more of an intensification phase. We don't necessarily have to worry too much about um, having very clearly defined kind of like, cool, here's where, we're gonna, we're, here's where we want to be on eight month eight of this 12 week or 12 month, sorry, um, sort of planning. Um, we don't really have to worry about that too much. When we think about performance, on the other hand, so anybody who's an athlete, anybody who has a kind of very clearly um, scheduled in, structured like season, or they, they know what events they're actually training for, 
probably a little bit more in that spec. We need to have an idea of where we're going over the long term. But equally then, I don't think we need to be kind of too rigid in what we do. So it's kind of that idea of don't write a program in pen, write it in pencil. And with, with the kind of idea behind that being that things change and they should be allowed to and subject to change as we go through a cycle. If we're doing something and it's not working, we shouldn't be rigid within that and think like we're just going to stick with it anyway. Um, if it's not working, change it. If something's going better or worse than you kind of expected it to, change and adapt and and change the plan if needed, um, even if that means sort of restructuring an entire kind of long-term training plan. Obviously, if we have preset dates that we need to be prepared for, then we are kind of constrained within that a little bit. And we, we do need to be kind of understanding that we need to probably maybe taper into this specific date. <clears throat> but I don't think we necessarily need to look at it in too much um, or look at it from too much of a kind of like rigid standpoint of like, here's exactly what we need to be doing at month three. Here's what we need to be doing at month five, for example. I don't think that matters too much. And I think we can be a little bit more kind of like adaptive in our approach. So just a few practical examples to finish on before we uh, before we wrap up this uh, shorter episode. So um, thinking of some sports that I've worked within specifically um, and also some things that I think kind of generally are quite nice examples of this. So rowing is the first example. Um, so throughout a year, I think it's typically going to go from kind of your your kind of generally rowing has longer races during the earlier months of the year. So off the back of like winter, they then go into a lot of their longer type races um, coming through into like January, February time. So that kind of period of time. And I mean, a lot of endurance sports, typically winter is the kind of like base building phase. So you kind of that real accumulation phase where you're building up lots of volume and then leading into those longer races. And then into summer, it comes into some of the more short term, what in rowing you'd classes, kind of like the sprints. Um, so across a, an entire macro cycle across a tiny year, for example, that's how the structure would go. It would kind of go from more kind of volume based work into more shorter, higher intensity work. And that kind of just follows the natural pattern of the races. So where you have those kind of like longer races in sort of January, February time and then into some of the shorter races through summer. Um, and that's how it tends to go. You kind of you have a, a real clearly defined base building accumulation block and you have a kind of a a period of time six months or so that you're working then on the faster stuff and underlying that is then the kind of the they call it land-based training typically in rowing is all the strength conditioning work that's outside of just rowing because obviously a lot of that sport contains rowing and, and work on the kind of the rowing erg machines um but the strength conditioning work around that fits in in the similar ideas you'll yes you want to be getting stronger but there's probably more more kind of preference towards work capacity versus like maximal strength at different times of the year based on what the outcomes are in terms of races at that point of time next example so rugby and this is a nice example of a kind of season-based sport so you have that off-season pre-season in-season are kind of like the three main elements of that sport so you have a period of time off-season where there's no games there's no necessarily real pressure and for most teams, even maybe kind of up to the very competitive elite levels, um, they have some kind of very clearly defined off season. And at the elite level, it's, it's very short. It might only be a few weeks, but certainly at kind of like the amateur level, that off season period can be anywhere up to a couple of months. 
um, where there's probably little to no training going on in a classical sense. As soon as you get to that elite level, they're probably maintaining things because obviously they are paid as professional athletes. They have to maintain a certain level of performance even in that time, but they're certainly not playing any games and they kind of have it's downtime essentially between that. You then go into pre-season, which is kind of more of an intense phase in terms of training. So this is them preparing essentially the athletes or the rugby players for the, the upcoming competitive season. Um, so this is typically going to involve like a lot of fitness work. So getting them back up to kind of match fitness, um, lots of strength training and all that kind of stuff, because you can get away with doing more in this time because you don't have to necessarily be prepared for a weekend game during pre-season. So you can push the intensity quite hard in this period um, and it kind of across a pre-season. So depending on amateur versus elite level, but typically it's going to go from more of a probably late off season into pre-season is going to be work capacity. And then you go into kind of intensification and then probably peaking into the start of that, that season. But then this all depends on um, games as well. So once you go into that, that in-season phase, like typically most teams that play in any kind of competitive league will have more and less important games. And you'd probably be aiming to peak for those more important games. So if you know the first few games of a season, they're kind of like, they're not friendlies necessarily, but they're, they're, they're easier games. You're probably not going to be peaking immediately for the start of that season. You're probably going to leave it until a few weeks in. And then if you think about in season as well, um, in terms of like the, the volumes you can maintain alongside all the, the gameplay and training, like sport training, um, we typically will see probably that drop off probably um, in, in the overall volumes and intensities. We're looking to maintain. We're probably not looking to build in that time. If we then go into Olympic weightlifting as a sport, so this is a good Olympic weightlifting and running kind of fit in the same kind of category of these are sports where we're only really looking to peak a couple of times a year or a few times a year. Um, Olympic weightlifting probably more so than running, but we're not looking to compete on a weekly basis. It's probably at least six weeks, if not much longer, um, six months potentially for some athletes between kind of periods of actually um, actually competing. And so we typically would have very clearly defined kind of like strength hypertrophy block power block and then a peaking block um within the context of then it being specific to olympic weightlifting so you're still doing those competition lifts the whole way through or some variation or derivative of those um but we're looking only then to peak a couple of times a year so the structure then of the training is entirely built around those kind of competitive periods so we might have a 12 week 16 week build up into a competition We've clearly defined blocks within that. So typically it's broken into month blocks because that just fits well with our sort of calendar and most people's schedules. Um, but we, yeah, we're looking to build up into whatever competitive period or competitive date that might be um, or the actual competition, the lifting competition. Uh, and so obviously we're looking then to structure training so that we only peak for those, those events. Um, and then when you look at like the elite level, they might have more and less important competitions. They might have competitions they go to as a part of their training. And then they have competitions where they're actually preparing for. So you might have like local competitions versus national competitions, for example. So a local competition might just be to see where you're at at a certain point of training and you're actually training or peaking for that national competition. So you'd have structure built in through that year or through those kind of that longer macro cycle in order to peak you for this event but you have little bits along there and it doesn't necessarily, it's not a linear process. You might have ups and downs within that in terms of volume and intensity to get there. Running very similar in that respect. Um, the only difference here is that it's a lot more frequent. I think probably in terms of like competitive periods, um, potentially uh, races, you can probably get away with on a 
bit more of a frequent basis compared to something like Olympic weightlifting. If you're competing every week in Olympic weightlifting, it's quite tough. Equally, I suppose, at a competitive level, in running the same thing, you don't want to be competing every week. But we have that maybe that, that ability to push a little bit harder. Uh, and typically running then follows a similar process of like the uh, capacity and then into intensity. And this this look, looks more like aerobic capacity, so base building essentially, and then into more kind of speed or race pace type work or intervals or whatever that looks like. Last bit to talk about before we finish up is general population. So is periodization necessary? We kind of talked about this a little bit before. I don't necessarily think so in a classical sense of having a long-term period planned out with the clients I work with that I'd probably consider more general population versus or clients I've worked with in the past are more popular general population. So they have kind of more health-based goals um, versus real performance-based goals. Um, I typically go through some period of building their capacity and then some period of intensity. Um, so that's not necessarily too set in structure. I don't stick to specific timeframes necessarily. I just kind of go with something until it stops working or we stop making improvements and then change it up and do something else and just flip flop back and forth between those. Cause we're not, we're not peaking for any specific event. We're just trying to keep them healthy and build them vitality and longevity for, for life. Essentially. We're not looking to necessarily peak them into any specific event. So it's not really relevant at that point. And we just can just flip flop back and forward between easier phases of training and harder phases of training. And that's all we need to do really. So that was just a shorter episode in terms of looking at the idea of macro cycle focuses. So how we program long-term training, um, how we look at that in terms of how we structure it, um, what the different phases might be included, um, what we're thinking about when we actually make that program, uh, is it necessary for certain athletes? And then we just looked at some different examples in terms of some actual sports that how we might, uh, might approach that with those different sports. Um, so yeah, we're going to also going to do the exact same thing. I'm going to do the exact same thing for the mesocycle. So there's some of shorter periods, maybe like a month, two months, or even a week. And then we'll look at micro in terms of like how to structure a training session. So a single training session, a tra single training week, maybe as well. And we'll think about that in terms of like the structure. Is it necessary? How to do it? All those kind of things as well. If you found this helpful, then great. Um, yeah. And talk soon. Okay, guys, that's it for another episode. Thanks for listening. Check below for all the relevant links and notes from today's episode or search for us on social media at Apex Delta Coaching. Remember, if you're a recreational athlete or fitness enthusiast who wants to get stronger and run longer, then check out the free seven-day hybrid training blueprint we've put together by following the link down in the show notes or search for our Instagram. It's an ebook designed to help you put together the ultimate weekly training template to crush your hybrid training goals by getting stronger and running longer at the same time without any of the confusion or second guessing. Lastly, if you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review or let us know personally. Any and all feedback is greatly appreciated and it helps us to grow the podcast further. Thanks for listening, keep training and talk soon.